Good morning, glad to see you all here in person and online. Uh, I, my name is Devin, I serve here at Infuse in a couple of different roles and occasionally I get up and, and speak and uh, today I wanna talk about a new season, a new habit. It is spring, even though outside does not uh, promise spring yet. Thanks to whoever was standing out in the cold there at the, at the end of the road welcoming everybody. It was chilly out there. Uh, but glad you're all here in the warmth and wherever you are online, hopefully you have nice warm temperatures and you can put that in the chat if you, I'm pointing over to Heather there, she's sitting over there. Uh, put, put a chat in it wherever your nice warm temperatures are. Uh, but I wanna talk about a new habit today. And uh, one of the things that really makes Infuse special hopefully, and one of the things that I hope we can all take away with us for the weeks and months ahead. So, like it was in that movie, uh, or in that little clip, um, that's love, right? Sacrificing for somebody else, caring for somebody uh, at your own cost, literally. Uh, in, in the video clip, they didn't keep it, but at the very end of that, the dad is like, ah, at the very end of that. <laughs> that's that's the, the cake topper there. Um, but also when I think about love and I think about caring for each other, I think about my parents and my grandparents. And I was just in Arizona for spring break with all the kids. We managed to pick up uh, the stomach flu at the beginning, which was great from the air, airport, and, uh, or we assumed the airport, and managed to share that amongst the family. So we were all together. That was love. We shared all of the things. Um, but I got to hang out with my grandparents, and they live up in Northwest Iowa. We see them fairly regularly. But I don't know if you have people like this in your life, where you've had people where every time you talk to them, you're peeling off another, or they're peeling off another layer of their life story. Just like a long, like a rich, full life, full of interesting things. Uh, maybe not the things that they wanted all the time, but definitely as they look back, and especially um, my grandpa's like we dove into this, especially as we've been talking about Infuse and our involvement here for the last number of years. My wife and I and our kids, like, oh yeah, the, those experiences remind me of us when we were young in Sioux City and they were involved in a church plant through their denomination. And they, those are the things that they remember. Those are the relationships that they've had for years and years and years. And I've stuck with them and they visit people down in Arizona and like that's a whole network. And I think if they, when they look back um, and ask themselves what they're proud of in their life, that's definitely one of those things. The people that they were able to connect with to lead to the church, to lead to Jesus. And that's something that uh, makes Elise and I, my wife and I, reflect on that regularly. Obviously, we want to be great parents, but, and, but the biggest piece of that is giving our kids the chance to live a healthy, full, rich life. And we think that part of that is being in a church and having that opportunity to know who Jesus is. And so I want us to all ask this next question this morning. Just take a pause and say, what would we like people to line up at the end of our lives to thank us for? Not that any of us are going to get this, because a lot of the times the things that we do aren't going to go to somebody who's going to write us a nice little thank you night and say, yeah, thank you for that. That changed my life forever. We don't know those things, right? But this is a question that all of us, it's worth thinking about, right? Because it... it impacts how you spend your time, it impacts the relationships that you have, it impacts what you choose to do for a career, all of those things, where you move to. And so this is where I wanna spend a little bit of time here this morning. And if you are here for the first time or, or just if you've been coming here for a while, this is also a good reminder for us here at Infuse about what our heart is. And so we, are stewards of influence and opportunity. I just wanna remind us all of that. 
we have unique opportunities because of who we are, where we live, the time in history that we're at, the fact that we're in two locations now. If you met some new folks from up in Cedar Rapids, uh, or some Cedar Rapids folks met some Tiffin folks, we, just to remind all of us, we are a church in three locations. Sorry, I was trying to get that right. Church in three locations here in Tiffin, we meet on Sunday mornings up in Cedar Rapids. We meet on Sunday mornings at 9.30. And then we also meet online for all of those online folks out there. And so we have a lot of reach and a lot of opportunities to connect with people. And we're focused as a church on, make, on making churches that unchurched people love to attend. That's why we do the things that we do. That's why we have the coffee. That's why we have the bagels and the donuts and all those things to make it a welcoming, inviting place because hopefully you have enjoyed that experience somewhere along the way or you've been part of a church that has done that. And we want people, whether or not they're Jesus followers, to walk in here and say, I'm not sure I believe it all. I'm not sure I believe this Jesus thing. I'm not sure I believe everything about God. I'm still trying to figure out if God is good or not what all that Old Testament stuff means, if the gospel, is that really true? Those are all questions absolutely worth exploring. But we hope that you walk out of here saying, I'm not sure I believe it all, but we're glad our kids were here down in the kids' environment, or they heard my doubts, or that was a helpful message, and I walked away with something, or they really care, or I don't believe it all, but I'm at least interested to hear what next week is life like. And if you're here with us today, like that, if you're here with us online, so glad that you're here, and uh, that's what we're all about. Part of that is that we also have a leadership culture, and I'm just, having been part of Infuse and part of the leadership team for a little while, um, about a year or so, one of the coolest things to see here at Infuse and up in Cedar Rapids is people stepping up. And this is not like a leadership culture of like the big and the powerful and the rich and the important. This is a service leadership, leadership in the style that Jesus taught us, where you are stepping up to the plate to lead something because you see an opportunity, where you see a problem, where you see a solution saying yes, or somebody asks you to do something and you lead by saying, yes, I would love to step into that role. And there's just so many great people here. Um, so props to all of you who are serving, who are leading and doing all of those things and taking risks and pushing us into new directions for the kingdom. And just to set the stage a little bit more about why we have so many opportunities, we have more opportunities than ever because if you look at our entire area between Cedar Rapids, Iowa City, Tiffin, North Liberty, the whole corridor up and down, there are people moving here unfortunately to the detriment of small towns in Iowa, right? But we know that people are moving here in large numbers. Houses are being built, and so there's more adults. There's more children. There's more middle and high school students. There's more folks at the university, and that means that there are opportunities for all of us to connect with those folks and for those folks to come into one of our churches and meet Jesus in some way, shape, or form. And we see this. This is why we do things like our big Sunday. Here's a picture of what that looked like where we had a food truck outside and slushies. Yes, I remember my girls spilling one of those on the, on the ground. These folks look like they made it all the way through their slushies, which is a happy thing. Um, <laughs> but that's why we do these things. That's why we do the Easter egg hunt, to invite people in and to say, we're here for you. We care about you. We care about our communities. Um, that's why up in Cedar Rapids, they did a trunk or treat, or I forget what exactly the name was, but just to invite people in and say, we care about you. And if we look at a map of the area, you can see 
that within this seven county area approximately, we've got two locations, and this is rough math, but like a 20 minute drive, because that's like, a, I know some of you drive further than that, and props to you for doing that, but that's about as far as a lot of people will drive for church. And if you see this, we've got a really big area covered between us. A lot of people who live and work in the corridor are within that sphere of where we as a church, the people, are located. And so I want to dream with you today about what we can continue to be as a church and where we can go. And I want to talk about that one thing that could change everything for somebody. And you've experienced this at some point along the way. And if we look at this map again, what could success look like at the end of our collective lives as a church Imagine that we're all sitting on a front porch somewhere after all of our productive years are done and we're rocking in that rocking chair and talking about the stories. I know we're all in different life stages, but just imagine if that was the situation and to be able to tell those stories of, hey, we connected with these people. Hey, we had these opportunities. Are the place that we lived, the people that were around us were different and better because we were here as a church. And so there's three things that I want to talk about in terms of our contribution to the world because we're here as a collective church. Not a building or a place, not a building up in Cedar Rapids, not a school in Tiffin, not a platform online, but as a, as a people who are following Jesus or exploring faith and finding community. And first, we want a world where the church is considered an essential part of every community. That's why we do Be Rich every year. That's why we do these community events because we want people to say, you know what, I don't I don't believe the same things that they do, but I go to that Easter egg hunt every year, and it's awesome, and I have a great time, and my kids can look forward to that and get, get some candy, and there's always nice people who seem to care about us as a community. Or we go to that Halloween thing every year, and we walk away with a little bit of candy, and they handed us a little flyer. We didn't go, but we know that they care about us, and maybe someday we'll explore that. And that's why we do Be Rich that they talked about, where we ask for a bunch of money at the end of the year and give it all away to various charities We've and, and point people towards volunteering and leadership at those places because the church is here to connect people with Jesus and to, to point people to have an impact in the community. And there's lots of organizations and leaders and people making a difference, like in food pantries and at uh, homeless shelters and those kinds of places. And so we partner with the Coralville Food Pantry, we part with, partner with... Uh, go serve global that has orphanages in Haiti and try to make a difference where we can and make the world a better place because we were here. Second, we want a world where people who are skeptical of what we believe are envious of how well we treat each other and amazed at how well we treat them. This is why the church took off like wildfire in those first four, especially those first 300, 400 years. It was the people were persecuted. It was an underground religion, just like it is in some places in the world today. And the reason that it keeps going, the reason that people continue to care about the message of Jesus is because it, it does change lives. It changes how we handle our marriages. It changes how we handle our kids. It changes how, how we are as employees, as employers, and the ancient Christians would do things like nurse people who were hit by plagues 
and go into these villages and care for people. And people would say, you're crazy, just let them die. And they would say, no, God cares about them, and so we're going to care about them, or we're going to stay when everybody else left. And we want people in our communities to say, I may not agree with all of that, but I hire every Jesus follower that I can, or I hire every person that goes to Infused Church or First Church because I know that they're great people, or I want to work for a business that is run by one of these folks. And when we get this right, people pay attention. And that grace and that mercy and that forgiveness, none of us are perfect. We say this every week, we're imperfect people finding, exploring faith and finding community. But the gospel and Jesus does make lives better. Third, we want a world where people want the message of Jesus to be true before they believe it's true, where they can see that wouldn't it be amazing if there was a God who cared about all of us as individuals, who saw us for who we are, forgave us for the things that we did, and wanted our lives to be better? And wouldn't we all want a place where, for those people who aren't getting justice in this world, who, that they are going to get justice? Somebody who... A, all-powerful being who, care, who wants to give us rest amidst a really restless life. And I think all of us have experienced one of those things along the way, right? That feeling of restlessness, that feeling that you're not fulfilled, that you aren't having your needs met by anyone else out there in the world, and that you're just kind of on your own. That is something that we want, that we believe that the message of Jesus addresses, and that people will want it to be true. They may not believe, they may not think that it could be true, but we want them to want it to be true before they believe it's true. And Jesus had some things to say about this too. As he was going along and talking about the kingdom of God where everything was upside down from where it was in the current regime, um, just to set the stage a little bit, Jesus was, did a lot of teaching to various people Big crowds, small crowds, and one of the things that he kept coming back to was that the power structure of the world, even as it is today, is upside down from the way it is in God's kingdom, where leaders are not people who have power and influence and authority. They're the people who are thinking about everybody else. You imagine a pyramid, right, where a leader is not at the top, but a leader is at the bottom of an upside-down pyramid trying to support the people who they care about and they know. That's what leadership is in God's kingdom. And God's kingdom is a place where the powerless and those who are hungry and thirsty and who know that they need something beyond themselves are the ones who are closer to God's kingdom than the rich and the powerful. And that was totally antithetical to the way that the, the religious leaders of the time in God's people were handling things. They were saying, well, if that person has a lot of money, then they're blessed. They're a little closer to God. Or if this person uh, has all of their limbs and their eyes and everything, well, they're a little closer to God because obviously God blessed them right out of the gate. He just said, no, no, no. You're all cared for, and the people who realize that they need God are the ones who are closer. And so that, cha- that meant that he could say something like this, which was the law and the prophets were proclaimed until John, John the Baptist. And this was kind of what the Old Testament came out to. Like, here are the things that the way life works best, and here's what God's kingdom looks like in the future. And that was kind of the message, and they were just kind of waiting for somebody to solve, like, help with the human condition. And then John the Baptist came and said, Jesus is here. And so since that time, 
the good news of the kingdom of God is being preached. And that good news is that the things that you think, the, the people who you think should be in charge, the way that people are telling you the power structures of this world, it's all upside down in God's kingdom, and everyone is forcing their way into it. There were so many people following Jesus at that point. There were thousands and thousands of people in the crowds who were being fed. And if you read through the Gospels, people were so excited to the point where when Jesus came to Jerusalem at the end of his ministry and rode in on a donkey, just kind of humbly, they're like, this is the guy. This is the king. This is the Messiah. And then everything changed, and the way uh, that Jesus led in terms of leadership and servanthood, he also turned that upside down. And it got a lot harder for some people to say, you know, that's the way that I want to go. But it's also the way that leaves the world better than when we started. Wouldn't we want to care about people? Wouldn't we want to be cared about by somebody who put our, our good before their own? And that's what Jesus calls us to. So we want to inspire others to follow our Jesus, because Jesus brought the kingdom of God to earth, and everyone is invited to participate. And if you're a Jesus follower here today, you can look no further than Matthew 28 at the end of his ministry. He said, therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptize in the name of the Father and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. He was pretty clear. Like, this is what we're going to do. And if you're still exploring faith and trying to see if this Jesus thing is right for you, we're glad that you're here. You're invited to participate, to to look into this, to explore, to find out if if it's right. But that takes time, right? We're all busy. We have kids interrupting us, like in that video at the beginning. We have things going on. We have jobs. We have lives. We have all this stuff that's filling up our life already. And all those other meaningful things, those relationships that you're building, it all matters. But I want to, and, and the people who are here leading, pastors Taylor and Stephanie, our group leader, Caitlin, all of the folks in production, they're going to continue to lead. And I want to invite all of us to step into whatever serving role is right for you, to think about giving. But today I want to talk about a keystone habit, something that could change something for change everything, for somebody. And so that keystone habit, uh, well, first, let me set the stage by saying what a keystone habit is. Uh, a keystone habit is where you do one thing, and then if it's a trickle-down effect into all sorts of things. So like you journal uh, your food, your food intake. And when you journal, I'm going to try to get this right, when you journal, you pay attention to what you eat, right? And when you pay attention to what you eat, uh, you eat better, you have more energy. When you have more energy, you are a better parent, you're a better sibling, you're a better uh, spouse, your spouse, your kids, your parents love you more, and then they stay close, and then everybody's happy, and it's, and it's a great life, right? And that, that all comes from that one keystone habit. Obviously, I'm, I'm expanding, I'm blowing it up a little bit, but it does affect all these other things in your life. And the same thing with something like having dinner at the family, at, uh, as a family, for, I think it's four or five nights a week, like it's been scientifically proven like you kind of know it intuitively if you spend more time together talking about your life and sharing stories and being together. It trickles down. Like you have better relationships, more homework gets done, all of those things. But they've scientifically proven it that it is one of those keystone habits that will affect everything else. And so I want to talk about a keystone habit for us today. 
as Jesus followers or people who have experienced something along the way here uh, in Tiffin or up in Cedar Rapids or online too, and that is to invite people because you just don't want them to miss out. If you've experienced something, if you've seen some lives, some lives changed, if you've had your own life changed, if you've started experiencing something positive, you don't want people to miss out on that for themselves. It's the same way you would do with a restaurant, right? You, you go to a good restaurant, like, yeah, and somebody says, I, uh, I like Mexican food, what do you think? And you're like, well, absolutely, you have to go to this place. You have to go just up the street here to Casa Tequila. Or if you're in Cedar Rapids, uh, Casa Las Glorias or whatever, whatever your, your Mexican joint of choice is. But it's just like that simple, right? I had a great experience there. I think you have a great experience too. And as we look at the map, right, there are people within our spheres of influence here and then online too. I can represent that. I thought about it like, can I get this on a map? I'm like, no, I'm not going to try. But pretend the internet's there as well. But with that, you can invite anyone, right? You can invite anyone to join you in some way, shape, or form online uh, or somebody you meet at the grocery store. And we have such great places to be. If you have folks who are in the kids, if you have folks in your life who have kids, wouldn't you love them to come here and be part of the kids' environment or be here on a Sunday or be part of a group, whatever you're involved in? Or if you're serving, you could say, well, hey, have I got a deal for you? You can come hang out with me on Sunday morning and set up chairs. <laughs> There's some people. But it's, more, it's time, right? It's time to enjoy together. I don't want to knock that because it is a meaningful experience. Um, so I want you to listen for three things that people are going to say. And you could do this to random strangers. You could do this to somebody you've known for 20 years. Uh, and those three things are, I want you to listen for some knots, okay? So we're going to invite people and we're going to listen for these things. Somebody says, I'm not in church. Somebody says, it's not going well, or I'm not prepared. And so you think about those experiences, right? Somebody says, I'm not in church. Clearly, they're bringing it up for a reason, and that's a perfect opportunity to say, hey, you should come sit with me. Just try it out for a Sunday. Come sit with me, because you know each other. Maybe you've met them five minutes ago, but you know each other at some level. Or if somebody says, ah, things just, they're not, they're not going so well. And not that we can promise the answers or that things are going to fix everything, but if you're here and you're exploring faith or you're following Jesus, clearly you think that Jesus and the Bible have an answer for something in your life, for that restlessness, for that hopelessness, for that anxiety. And so if things aren't going well, you can say, just come sit with me. Come join me for a Sunday. Or I wasn't prepared to be a parent. I wasn't prepared to deal with this health crisis. I wasn't prepared for this new job. You could say, hey, come sit with me for a Sunday and just see if there's something that you get out of this or would love to have you in our church because I feel like this next sermon series might have something to say or I always walked away, I always walked away with something from church. And I want you to also remember that we have an easy elevator pitch here at Infuse. And this is not a sales pitch because we're not selling anything, right? We're inviting people in. When when Jesus was talking to people along his ministry route, it wasn't, let me sell you the kingdom of God for one low, low price of everything. It was, come follow me and see what my life looks like. And it's not that we're perfect, right? Because we're imperfect people. Sorry, I've been trying to learn to point at the TV. 
for all you online folks. Uh, that the, but we're imperfect people, and it's not that we have all the answers. It's that Jesus has answers for our lives. And we're imperfect people. We're exploring faith, and we're finding community. And so that's another thing that you can use to say. If somebody says, ah, I wasn't prepared for that, you say, you know what, I wasn't prepared for that either. I'm not, I don't have all the solutions, but there's a place where if you want to explore faith and find community and talk to people who've gone through those sorts of things, would love to have you come sit with me. And so like I said at the beginning of all of this, I want us to think about if we're going to be good stewards of our more than ever opportunity here in the corridor. We have relationships. We have all kinds of people moving to our area. We have our lives. We have our connections. Are we going to be good stewards? Are we going to look back at the end of our lives and say, you know what? I feel like that was a job well done. And aren't you glad that somebody invited you? I hope you are and that you have a chance to do that for somebody else here in the coming week as you're listening. Hopefully it stays fresh. Uh, I'm going to have I'm going to have us all say it together. Uh, come sit with me. You ready? Come sit with me. Okay. Hopefully that is something that sticks. We're going to do it one more time to make sure it really sticks. Come sit with me. Okay, perfect. For all you online folks, you can type it two times and maybe that'll stick or write it down on a little piece of paper or say it. Hopefully you've been saying it out loud there in the comfort of your own home or wherever you're watching in your car or whatever. Um, but Jesus brought the kingdom of God to earth and everyone is invited to participate in it. And that's the joyous thing. You don't have to have everything figured out. You don't have to look a certain way or feel a certain way or be a church person or anything. We want everyone to be here because we know that Jesus and God are for everyone. And so I'm going to close us in prayer uh, before the band comes up for one last song. God, you invite us in to the kingdom of God every day. We don't always respond. We don't always remember or live that way. But we know that you want amazing things for us. So God, help us to see others the way that you see us and to invite them in to that kingdom living. Help us to listen for the opportunities that are there with people that we have known and have been thinking about for years and have been thinking, you know what? I would love to have them with me. I'd love for them to know Jesus because I, not because we want them to be a different way, but because we know that it changes lives. And we want everyone to experience that peace and that joy that gentleness and that forgiveness, that grace that comes with knowing you. So God, give us courage. Help us to rest in you this week so that we can know you more and more and to be confident in your heart. And if we're exploring what faith is and what, that, what your heart is like, God, help us to dive into that this week. Help us to explore who you are to listen to that call, to come follow me, and to just know you better. So Lord, may we all know you better this week and invite others to come know you as well. In your name we pray, amen.